0: Hello, my name is Carson Oliver. I am a senior at Whitworth University. I'm actually in the process of completing my last assignment of my undergraduate degree, which is this podcast. Um, so in My senior year, I was able to participate in a senior thesis, which is an awesome experience that Whitworth provides for psychology seniors. We get to do an in-person study and then write a research paper and also present all of our work and findings at the Whitworth Annual Undergraduate Research and Psychology Conference. It's kind of a mouthful. So for the purpose of this episode, I'm going to be walking through my project, what it was, um, kind of some of the procedures that I went through and what I found. The name of my study is Perceptions of Help-Seeking Behavior Among the Future Leaders of America. And if I were to sum it up in one sentence, I would say that this is a study of military culture and higher order stigma in relation to mental health seeking behavior. To introduce you to the population that I care so very much about, we are going to listen to the Soldier's Creed. I don't know about you, but when I hear the soldier's creed, I am just so moved. Um, This soldier's creed is a standard by which all army personnel are expected to live. The um, warrior ethos is a couple sentences right in the middle, which states, I will always place the mission first. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. And I will never leave a fallen comrade. This just gives you a picture of what the military is. It's people becoming a part of a team and fighting for something that is bigger than themselves. And although our military is appreciated for their endurance and their strength in serving our country, what we fail to see are the individual lives taken as a result of mental health concerns that were not addressed previously. Since 2008, It has been found that the rates of suicide in the military population actually exceed the general population and have continued to rise. Discussing mental health in the military is unique because most military mental health concerns involve a complex interaction of war zone trauma, injuries, sleep deprivation, and physiological manifestations of extreme physical stress. According to Kuhn 2010, despite the high prevalence and disabling effects of mental health conditions, many soldiers and veterans never seek help. This is exactly why I'm interested in the cultural aspects that make our population so unique and I've asked the research questions of how do rank and psychosocial concern affect the perceptions of help-seeking behavior and how do public and self-stigma relate to perceptions of help-seeking behavior. Something that I want you to keep in mind is that throughout this research project, I have gathered my ideas from different researchers and all of their references will be included in the description of this podcast so that they're not discredited. The first idea that I gathered from researchers was help-seeking behavior. So help-seeking behavior is a sequence of five steps that individuals typically portray when they're looking for mental health services. The first step is recognizing services as important or helpful. Step two is inspecting, so maybe looking online or asking friends. Step three is contacting, contacting group therapies, community groups, or even just individual therapists. Step four is briefly attending appointments. And step five is consistently attending appointments. One construct that could influence someone's help-seeking behavior is rank. The chain of command is such a central tenet of the U.S. Army. That's why I've chosen to discuss Private First Class and Second Lieutenant. A Private First Class is an enlisted rank. These individuals make up the most populous rank and have previously been referred to as the workforce of the U.S. Army. They have the sole responsibility of following orders given to them by the chain of command. Now, second lieutenants are commissioned officers who have obtained a four-year degree. Many of these individuals are graduates of the Reserve Officer Training Corps, otherwise known as ROTC. Second lieutenants typically are responsible for 16 to 44 people at a time. Since the chain of command is such a central tenet of the U.S. Army leadership, you'll often see that those of higher rank will have a different military experience than those in lower rank. So I hypothesized that participants in my study would perceive more help seeking behavior in those of commissioned officer rank than those of enlisted rank. When you look at facts stating that 10 to 18% of service members will develop PTSD following deployment and combat exposure, along with the fact that military spouses experience personal, familial, and parental stress when separated from their partners in combat-related deployments, it is not surprising that when you talk about the military, typically two comments are discussed, PTSD and marital conflict. That's why I have chosen The Symptomology of PTSD and Marital Conflict as my Psychosocial Concerns. Through research, I found that if a soldier is experiencing marital conflict, they will come into contact with programs that are designed to help them and their families adjust to the military lifestyle. On the other hand, if a soldier is experiencing PTSD and is diagnosed this can have implications on their employment, their ability to deploy, their security clearances, and possibly their ability to transfer to other units. So I hypothesized that participants in this study would perceive more help seeking behavior in those with marital conflict than those with symptomology of PTSD. To test my hypotheses, I recruited students from Gonzaga University's ROTC program, otherwise known as the Bulldog Battalion, and all of the students that participated in this survey were between the ages of 18 to 28 years old in their first through fourth year of ROTC, and a majority of them were in their undergraduate degree, with an exception of a couple in law school or graduate degrees from Whitworth or Gonzaga. And I used a mixed design, which means that I got to ask half of the participants two different vignettes, um, one with a second lieutenant and a marital conflict, and the other with a second lieutenant or um, PTSD. And the other half of the cadets got private first class with a marital conflict or private first class with PTSD. So just to give you an example... The first vignette in half of the cadets read, Private First Class Jones has been extremely unhappy in his marriage for the past six months. He reached the point that nothing he or his wife has tried is working to mend their failing marriage. So as you can see there, it's Private First Class is the rank that they received and they're reading a vignette about marital conflict. The question that follows is, Which step do you think best describes how far Private First Class Jones may move forward in considering seeking help through the U.S. Army Behavioral Health Services based on his circumstances? Please circle your answer. Then, the question is the same as the first. They can choose, will not begin the help-seeking process, or one through five. After answering each question following the vignettes, Participants would fill out a 26-item survey called the Military Stigma Scale. This survey used a four-point response scale and it analyzed both public and self-stigma. Just as a review, my first hypothesis was that participants would perceive more help-seeking behavior in individuals with 2nd Lieutenant rank over Private First Class I also hypothesized that participants would perceive more help seeking behavior in marital conflict rather than symptoms of PTSD. And the mixed ANOVA revealed that participants perceived more help seeking behavior in those with symptoms of PTSD rather than those experiencing marital conflict. This was actually the only significant findings from my study. And although the findings contradicted my original hypothesis, this may be good news. The perception that individuals will seek psychological health services in the experiencing of PTSD symptomology may reflect what universities and ROTC programs are doing well. Following federal legislation funding suicide prevention programs, universities have increased the presence of mental health education and dialogue on campuses around the entire United States. Also, the secondary analysis revealed a significant positive subscale correlation between public and self-stigma, this suggests that participants with high levels of public stigma also experience high levels of self-stigma and vice versa. There was also a positive correlation and help-seeking behavior between the two psychosocial concerns. This suggests that participants who perceived high levels of help-seeking behavior and those who experienced marital concern would also perceive high levels of help-seeking behavior and those experiencing PTSD symptomology. Overall, the perceptions of help-seeking behavior and the participants in this study were positive, By incorporating education about trainable resilience resources and encouraging dialogue about mental health in ROTC curriculum, we may be able to further the presence of individual leaders who perceive seeking mental health services positively. The movement towards destigmatizing mental health in the military through ROTC begins by fashioning officers who will advocate for individual and interpersonal health of their soldiers. To further this research, it may be beneficial to administer surveys to several other universities across the United States. This would allow for researchers to more accurately assess mental health stigma within the organization of ROTC programs. This would also allow for more discussion of the effects of class level in the program, previous psychological education, and other aspects that may influence the cadet's perception of help-seeking behavior. After an adequate picture of mental health stigma and perceptions of help-seeking behavior is collected, a next step could include administering surveys to recent ROTC graduates in their first five years of active duty. Administering surveys to ROTC students who are now active duty illustrates the impact of military culture and active duty on perceptions of help-seeking behavior. Further, these effects could be studied in relation to the culture of ROTC programs. The results from this study could be very promising for the future of ROTC so what I would like to leave you with is a reading of the army cadet song the army cadet song reads I am an army cadet soon I will take the oath to become an army officer committed to defending the values which make this nation great honor is my touchstone I understand mission first and people always I am the past the spirit of the warriors who have made the final sacrifice. I am the present, the scholar and apprentice soldier enhancing my skills in the science of warfare and the art of leadership. But above all, I am the future, the future warrior leader of the United States Army. May God give me the compassion and judgment to lead the gallantry in battle to win. I will do my duty. Thank you so much for listening. I, I hope this study encourages you and inspires you to form a future of leaders that can support our soldiers in their individual and interpersonal health.